0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you ever feel like the whole world is against you? Do you ever feel like you just can't do anything right? Do you feel like One thing goes wrong after another, after another. You can't catch a break. I imagine that's how five of our bridesmaids felt in the parable from today's gospel passage. Nothing seems to go right for them. They show up on time to meet, to greet the bridegroom, but he is late So they have to sit there and wait. They thought that they packed enough oil, but evidently they didn't because they're quickly running out. They thought the other bridesmaids were their friends, but it turns out they aren't friendly enough to help them in their need. They go to buy more oil, but it's midnight and it takes forever because everything is closed. And then, when they finally get to the party, the bridegroom says he doesn't even know them and won't let them in. Evidently, it's okay for him to be late, but not for them. So now, it looks like the whole thing was for nothing. And on top of it, all the one telling their story calls them foolish and lectures them about staying awake when it was everybody that fell asleep, not just them. Could this night really get any worse for them? What do we do with a story like this? How is this good news? When Jesus says the kingdom of heaven will be like this, what is it that he means? I can appreciate the the interpretation that most people come to about the importance of being prepared, of being alert and ready for the coming of Christ. But the story itself, the way that we get there, seems entirely inconsistent with the rest of the teachings of Jesus in the Gospels. For example, while here in this parable, five bridesmaids are called wise because they have packed something extra in preparation for the unexpected. In Matthew 10, Jesus sends out the disciples with the explicit instruction to take nothing extra for their journey so that they might solely be dependent upon God and upon the hospitality of others. While here in this parable, five bridesmaids refuse the request of the other five to give them oil, in Matthew 5.42, Jesus says, Give to the one who asks of you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. Well, here in this parable, the five bridesmaids who arrive late are shut out from the party by their Lord, the bridegroom. Just two chapters earlier in Matthew twenty-three thirteen, Jesus criticizes the Pharisees for locking people out of the kingdom of heaven. And how does this passage fit with the story Jesus tells in Matthew 13 about leaving behind the 99 sheep just to find the one that is lost? Or Luke's story of the prodigal son, the beloved prodigal son. Are these not five prodigal bridesmaids who have come home after finding themselves lost? Perhaps then another way of interpreting the passage is warranted. I've been spending a lot of time looking at this text this week and other weeks, and commentators have really struggled with it over and over again, and uh, there are a few interpretations. And So perhaps we can look at it another way today. Not to say that this is the way, but this is a way, or could be a way. In, In the Jewish tradition, the reading of Scripture is often Uh, compared to holding a diamond in the light. As you hold it and turn it, the light reflects in different ways, revealing different things. Rather than a single meaning, a passage of Scripture might hold a hundred meanings. So what would happen if we held this passage up to the light in a slightly different way? What might we see? This section of scripture is sometimes called Jesus' second sermon on the Mount. It begins in chapter 24 and takes place on the Mount of Olives with his disciples rather than with a crowd. And it begins with a warning to them. This whole sermon is about a warning. Beware that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Messiah. And they'll lead you astray. Then they will hand you over to be tortured and will put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And that's how this whole sermon begins. And so what if this parable that we read today is about that? About those opening words, in which case, What if this parable's message isn't to be prepared or else you'll be forgotten by God? Perhaps the message of this parable is to be be prepared to be forgotten by the world. To be shut out by the world. What if the message is not to stay awake so that you won't be forgotten, but to stay awake to the one who will never forget you even when others do, even when the world does? If this were the case, then the Lord, Lord that the bridesmaids call out to would not be referring to Christ the Lord. It would refer to those in the world who claim to be Lord over others. Those who assign worth only to those who have value to them and thus lead them astray. The bridesmaids would be called foolish not by the standards of Christ, but by the standards of the world. Indeed, the disciples are sometimes called fools. Because they did not have, they were rejected. Because they were not useful, they were forgotten. If we read the passage this way, then we could contrast it with a couple verses down where Jesus says, this this is the Son of Man coming, and the Son of Man coming, not, not for the bridesmaids, but for a couple passages down, he comes to separate the peoples of the nations like sheep and goats, and he separates them not based on what they have, what they have, but what they give to those who don't have. You remember that passage of the sheep and the goats? I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. What if we even added to that passage, I was without oil and you gave me some. Perhaps the bridegroom is not Christ at all, but the opposite of Christ. In this passage, someone who is claiming to be him, someone who looks like him, someone who leads others astray, someone who shuts the have-nots out in the dark. If then, in the parable, the bridegroom doesn't represent Christ, then then where is Christ in this passage? Where do we see Jesus? Jesus. Well, of course, it doesn't say explicitly, but I wonder, judging by the sheep and the goats passage right after this, I wonder if Christ is out on the street with the foolish bridesmaids. Christ stands with the broken and the outcast. Christ is there caring for the have-nots and the rejected. Later in this very chapter, that that passage on the sheep and the goats, Jesus says, truly I tell tell you just as you cared for the least of these, you cared for me. And with the diamond held up in this light, a little differently, in this upside-down, backwards reading of the parable, it's the groom. That's left out of Christ's presence. Only not because Christ has shut a door on him, but because he has shut a door on Christ. Jesus is out on the streets with the foolish bridesmaids. The traditional reading of this parable is to be prepared. To stay awake. Those are good and important messages for us. Nothing wrong with that. But the reality is there will always be times in life when we come up short. No doubt about it, at some point in our lives, we will be left out in the cold. We will be forgotten, whether it be because of something we did, a mistake or a poor choice we make, whether it be because of some aspect of our identity or where we come from, whether, it be, whether it's because of a tragedy, something out of our control, a natural disaster, we can't always be the winners. We can't always be the haves. Sometimes we will be the have-nots, and we must be prepared for that and stay awake to who the real Lord is, not the one who abandons us, but the one who stands with us. And so today, as you hear this parable, if you find yourselves identifying more with the foolish bridesmaids than with the wise, know that you're not alone, and that while you feel shut out by the world, you are not shut out by Christ. Amen.